You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Adams Outdoor Advertising. We are here with Gail Bonnell and Jason Brannon, um, who have been with the organization for a really long time. But when you think about Adams Outdoor, think billboards. When you're driving down the road and you look up at a billboard, boom, that's Adams Outdoor. Now, when we're here in the holiday season, a lot of us, you're going to be hitting the road, seeing family, even if it is socially distant, you got to be careful, everyone be careful. But along the way, you will see some of the most creative advertising work around, and that is on billboards. One of them that comes to mind is the Coca-Cola billboard right up by Bank of America Stadium, which is awesome. Um, I did hear that that was the most expensive, so well done, Coca-Cola. But uh, (laughs) it's awesome to see what people can do on that type of a medium, and we're so excited to talk to Gail and Jason to learn a little bit more about their organization, learn about how they can support your business, and uh, and learn how this organization is is a big part of our community, both from a business perspective, but also supporting the uh, the community as a whole. So thank you, Gail and Jason, and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Hello, great to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Good morning, Gail and Jason. Thank you, Brian. Uh, so we know Adams Outdoor, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we think you're in, or Adams Outdoor Advertising is in 15 cities nationwide. Uh, but how did the Charlotte office get started? And if you could just tell us a little bit about the background there. Sure, sure. So I'm sort of the historian of the organization by uh, by default because I've been with the company since it turned into Adams Outdoor Advertising. Um, I, we are privately owned. We are the uh, fifth largest billboard company in the United States with about 10,000 billboards. Um, a very dominant player, obviously, with about 90% of the billboards in the Charlotte metro area. In 1986, in December of 1986, Steve Adams um, came in and he bought a company called Schloss Outdoor. And uh, from that point forward, we've been in business in the Charlotte market for 34 years. Um, um, 2021, 2021 will be our 34th year in Charlotte. So that's sort of how we, we got to, um, to own the Charlotte market. Um, Mr. Adams owns a lot of other businesses outside of Adams Outdoor Advertising, but uh, we like to think that we're his favorite. that's awesome congratulations 34 years and you've been there the entire ride yeah just i started right after um right after uh, mr adams bought bought the company and it's been a great career and you know i think you know to, to speak to that what what has kept me in this business is is that you know we help clients we help grow their business um small large you mentioned coke um and we do business with everybody from a Bank of America Coke, Wells Fargo, down to a you know a small local business, and that's the beauty of outdoor advertising. It's very approachable and affordable for small brands and, and big brands alike. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great ride, and I, I love what I do. So you guys, um, a lot of the stuff that we do from a marketing standpoint or a branding standpoint, everybody wants their icon to be like the Nike swoosh, right? Like, well, I just want to put my symbol somewhere and everybody will get to know. And it's like, you know, that takes work. But you guys have an opportunity to really help elevate that brand. And an example I will give you is the Whitewater Center. Who would have thought you could drive down the road and have a red billboard that just has the W from the Whitewater Center and everybody in Charlotte's going to know what that is. And that's been really 
cool to see, but how you guys not only take a brand that might be successful, but you help elevate that. And when I talk about marketing, it's always top of mind, right? It's not necessarily about shoving something in someone's face. You just need to be top of mind. So when somebody that has that power to make that decision remembers you and what's better than seeing it on the way to the school or way to work every day. Like there's really not many things that can happen. So anyways, that's kind of the example. But let's talk a little bit about the philosophy of outdoor advertisement with you guys having 10,000 billboards. What is the philosophy when you talk to an organization and you say, hey, this is how we can help you? What are you saying to those brands? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the nature of the industry, I mean, we're larger than life. I mean, we are unavoidable. Um, You can change the channel. You can turn the station. Um, you can switch from website to website, but you're not turning off a billboard. Um, we're always there. Uh, and, you know, we are a very visual medium. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I think for a long time that out of home was kind of seen as a little bit of a, I mean, it's, it's one of the original, you know, forms of advertising. And, you know, with TV being as huge as it is and, and online now being a, a you know, one of the primary areas where people are spending advertising dollars, um, you know, the world has changed a lot. And remarkably, you know, we've been experiencing a little bit of a renaissance, uh, you know, as TV and radio and it's become so fragmented, you know, people are consuming media much uh, more differently than they have for the past 20 years. And it's playing right in our wheelhouse because really we haven't changed a lot over, you know, the hundred hundred thousands of years that uh, people have been, you know, putting messages in large scale fashion on walls or mountains, or in our case, you know, 14 by 48 roadside signage. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great spot to be in right now. And, you know, again, we have seen, and, and Gail points out, it's not just large advertisers, you know, obviously we have these iconic, uh, structures in the market, Coke with the 277 unit, uh, you mentioned being one, but, you know, we provide services from mom and pop one-off retail stores from, you know, that are in located in the heart of Charlotte to, but to the outer stretches of our market in Wadesboro and Rockingham and Rock Hill and Statesville, a um, little bit of something for everyone. So, you know, it's so appropriate that we're on the podcast podcast called Brand Builders, because that's exactly what we do for advertisers is help them build brands, you know, regardless of the size of the brand, but the brand is so important. And um, I, I think back, the president of our company, his name is Kevin Gleason, and Kevin Gleason got into business when he was a young man. He was a designer for McCann, and he worked on um, on the Buick business. And, um, he, you know, he was just cranking out the work and he, and he and he started looking at billboards and he ended up moving out to California and working in um, in um, a small market out there for Nagley Outdoor. He was sort of like a, a, a grandfather in our industry, right? Like the, the predecessor where so many people sprung from the Nagley organization. And he's out in Palm Springs and he goes into LA around the time of the '76 uh, Olympics. And he sees these Nike billboards all over the city. Okay, massive, beautiful billboards of these, you know, high profile athletes. And he's looking around going, 
I, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And the interesting thing was um, Adidas was actually the sponsor of those Olympics. But because of the guerrilla tactics that Nike took on, and Nike was a fledgling company, company at that point in time, and because of the massive uh, mind share that they had in the market, the way it appeared, if you were at, the, at the, those Olympic Games or that Nike was the sponsor of the Olympics, right? Because of the power of the medium on that outdoor landscape. So I love sharing that story because you brought up Nike at the very beginning with their icon, you know, what Whitewater Center is doing with their, you know, brand mark. And it really is very, very interesting how these brands can just take a mark and all of a sudden it's ingrained in people's minds but it wouldn't have the same play if you weren't seeing it, right? You can't hear that. You can't hear that brand mark. You have to see it and you have to visualize it. You got to feel it through the creative process, which both Whitewater and, and obviously Nike does a, a phenomenal job at. It's funny when the Whitewater started, um, you know, slapping their W icon on, you know, billboards around the market. I remember, you know, and I, and I knew what the Whitewater Center was, but I remember they also sponsored the on-deck circles at Knight Stadium. And I just remember going there and not knowing what the W was and thinking, wow, I, I didn't know the Washington Nationals were. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights were a Washington yeah, Nationals. Yeah. I feel like I thought they were White Sox. Oh, that's good. Um, but it's just it's crazy to think how much it has evolved and how that brand has developed and become so identifiable you know, with such a simple expression of, you know, who they are. And, and it's great to have been a part of that. Absolutely. Do you all work alongside marketing agencies to create the visuals or are you the team responsible for creating the artwork and the design of the billboard or a little bit of both? Yeah, really some of both. So it really depends upon the advertiser. Some advertisers have ad agencies and creative agencies. And even if they do, there's times that we'll get involved in the creative process. We have a great creative team. As I mentioned, our president, Kevin Gleason, came from a creative background. And so he has been very um, generous in funding what I think is one of the most important aspects of our business, which is the creative assets, our creative um, intellectual properties that we that we take to advertisers and we end up that end up on the streets. To talk a little bit about some of the brands that we help create for. That 277 billboard that you see, some of that creative is coats, some of that we've helped with. But the idea of putting that mannequin at the top of that billboard sitting up there and then adding the second mannequin in with share a coat was something that we took to, to co-consolidated and they loved it. And they're like, you know what? This is all about sharing a coat. Uh, right now, if you ride around the marketplace, you'll see these beautiful billboards up for Corona um, that, you know, it's um, Felice Navidad. Crown Town, Police Navidad, you know, QC, Charlottetown. And, you know, it was something that we looked at their brand and said, you're doing this on television. Let's extend that to the marketplace. Um, Constellation brands and the folks that we have relationships with are very open to ideas. So if we're working with an advertiser that is like, or an agency for that matter, that's like, yeah, let's collaborate. We're all about the collaboration process. Um, one of the other things that we are we are way more than just billboards. Um, several years ago, we got into the digital space, and today we create television, you know, OTT, CTV, um, streaming radio, um, a lot of social media campaigns. So we we decided as we grew our business that outdoor and digital media dovetail so beautifully together that we went ahead and we we 
really invested heavily both in I think very smart people that are helping lead this charge for our organization and then the creative resources to be able to create, you know, the digital platform that that complements out of home so well. I love what you just said about Corona and how you've taken a national or maybe even a global campaign that they've put out through commercials. But what I think that you guys did that makes people really connect to that is you made the connection to the Charlotte community, right? Like how do you take a, a national brand and make us feel that that brand is right here in the Charlotte area. And I think that's so important because a couple different things. If I'm driving down the street and I see a Corona sign that just, or Corona billboard that's just Corona and it's just kind of like, yeah, like the national campaign saw that in the Super Bowl or whatever, like that's okay. If I see that and then it's now attaching it to Charlotte and to Crown Town and to the Queen City, now I'm kind of like, well, dang, like they invested their marketing dollars to really approach me, you know, like they, they want me to be connected and and to feel that they are part of this community. And so I love that my craft beer guys are probably like, shut up, don't buy Corona. But the reality of it is, is that you guys have done an amazing job by approaching it that way. I think that's brilliant from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. So to take that a step further on the whole kind of getting a little bit of a local flair to a national advertisers campaign, you know, Gail had mentioned how we collaborated with them. And one of the results was adding the mannequins to the top of the structure on 277. Uh, those may or may not resemble our former creative director and one of our designers. Ah, yes. That's, 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 that's brilliant. A little, little, little tidbit there. That's hilarious. The gift, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> now, does Coca-Cola know that or do we just launch that right now? They're like, ha ha. So I'm just kidding. I don't know if they know that or not. That's awesome. I love that. It's so cool. And and if I, if I was driving by, I'd be like, hey, does that guy look familiar? <laughs> Very cool. So I want to jump into you. Your website is amazing. If, you, if everybody, y'all, you got to go check it out. Um, but when you go to your website there's a big eyeball and it says you are the content we believe in the idea of you and I think that is so powerful but it also opens the door that you can really create the branding create the message for anyone it's more about getting to know you personally and then trying to develop opportunities and ideas that can help help their brands so who came up with that concept of you are the content and how does that roll into a new customer or an organization that you know either you approach or they approach you and say hey we want to elevate our brand we really want to learn about the mediums uh, i want to understand kind of what your message is because that I think that's amazing. Like you are the content. I don't know what else could be more powerful. Well, I, I think we have to point to our creative director, um, Chad Hutchinson. Uh, Chad is, um, he's, he's been in the outdoor space for a long time. He also has a lot of video background uh, experience and he leads a team with seven creative people and he, he's just really done a phenomenal job. So, you know, when we look at the essence of who we are as an organization and how we help customers and our clients' business, it really is all about getting to know them, getting to know their business, getting to know the essence of their business. And because the way we feel about our medium is we're just, con- we, we are just advertising, right? There's no content attached to those billboards that you see as you drive around the city. So when we think about the fact that we are in just the, it is all about that, that, that single mind focus of what the client is trying to communicate in the marketplace. Um, we felt that doing that on our website and being very transparent with that on the upfront may inspire clients to say, yeah, this is what I'm looking for as far as communication, you know, in the marketplace. But Chad Hutchinson, our, our creative director is just, he, he's phenomenal and he's amazing to work with. 
like I, I love this guy and I, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm so surrounded by such talented people that help us, you know, get great creative up on the streets. And in speaking further to that, if we're a small business, which we are, and we're interested in a billboard, could you walk us through the process? Like once we contact you, then what kind of happens in timelines and timeframes and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, again, I mean, I kind of Gail touched on this a little bit. I mean, it's, we want to get inside the mind of our prospects and our advertisers, and they're going to kind of unlock, you know, what a campaign could look like. You know, we want to be, we want to listen. We want to learn about their business. We want to learn about their objectives. We want to learn about um, their pains and their victories and what, you know, not only what they're looking to do, but now, again, we want to know, we want to learn the DNA of their business and their personality. Um, and really, until we do a deep dive and get intimately familiar with the advertiser and their business, I mean, we're of no use to them. Uh, you know, and again, this is for the portion of people who we are designing the creative for. Um, again, there's, there, there is a significant piece of our client base that comes to us with creative already provided where we may be a consultant on, but when we are kind of taking the process from start to finish and we are handling the creative, I mean, those convers those initial conversations kind of unlock what the, what the campaign can look like. Um, and again, uh, you know, ultimately we, we want to develop partners that see a huge positive impact from an outdoor campaign with us because they'll become longtime partners. We've seen that um, it's proven uh, we have people that have been doing business with us for 30 years, uh, 30 plus years. Um, but again, I mean, the time frame it really depends. And in that type of instance where we are doing, you know, kind of everything soup to nuts, uh, you know, it's probably, it could probably take six to eight weeks for the whole process from the initial, you know, meetings and discussions with the client you know, from the time that we go to contract to when a client is up in the market generally takes about four weeks. Um, and again, it really depends on what's involved. You know, it, if it is a singular uh, billboard with a singular message, it might not take as long as if it's, it's a market-wide, you know, multi-faceted campaign that involves multiple pieces of creative, uh, multiple structures, multiple formats, um, and again, we see it all. Yeah. So I would um, sort of piggyback off of that to say, listen, we, we get contracts in the morning and have them up in the afternoon. We have 44 digital billboards in the city, in the Charlotte metro area. Um, and I think we have about 250 in our company total. And it, it is, it's an electronic file, right? And so digital billboards have really changed our business because what advertisers want is they want speed and they want efficiency and they want to know that their, their message is get out there and that it's being delivered to the right audience. So we spend, you know, like we try not to get too twisted up in what the time frame is because we'll, we'll work to however a client needs us to work. So we have the resources to be able to do that. But to get a message out on the street is as simple as, uploading a piece of creative and lighting up our digital billboard assets, you know, which can happen immediately. Um, it, it, which has made us, you know, it's really, digital billboards really changed our game, right? I think we put our first digital billboard up in 2007. Technology continues to improve upon it. It's a really beautiful, beautiful format. 
what a lot of people don't know is those are all internet connected. So we have RSS feeds so that we can do very dynamic campaigns like countdowns, weather triggers, and all these really cool ass, you know, um, things that we can, you know, get out in the marketplace because of those internet RSS feeds that, that exist. That's pretty freaking it's fascinating. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that you guys have done is you have a uh, an agreement with the city and you guys specifically this last year, you did a, a campaign called hashtag worth it CLT to encourage people to stay home, to sl- uh, to slow the spread of covid. And it uses pictures that people sent uh, you of their loved ones. And first off, I love that idea, but I think that really speaks to who Adams Outdoor is as an organization, because you're in, not your entire medium, but a lot of what you do with those 10,000 billboards is driven by people being on the roads. That is driven by people leaving their homes and seeing those advertisements. But you guys, for the betterment of the community and working with the city, really encourage people to stay home. It's almost like going against what your business model is for the betterment of the community. And I think that speaks a lot to who you all are as a character of the organization. But obviously, you've mentioned the leadership down. How did that come up? Um, and, and tell me a little bit more about that campaign and what it meant to you guys. I love that campaign. <laughs> uh, we were all real involved in, in developing that campaign, hashtag worth at CLT. Uh, we worked with our creative director on it, and we, we batted around a lot of different ideas of how we wanted to connect with people um, because what COVID was doing to our, our community and to our, to, our, to our nation. And, you know, we you know, Chad and his team concepted several different things. And you know, I think Janine Dodson, our general manager, myself and, and Jason were like, we, we really want it to feel something local and we want to get people involved with it, right? You know, traffic did dip April, May time frame because more people were staying at home, but you still had to get out to get to the grocery store to get to some of the things that you needed to do out. So where we saw a traffic dip, traffic came back very, very quickly and rebounded. And, you know, I'm sitting here on I-85, you can't see what's behind me, but, um, you know, we, we, we take temperature on traffic all the time and how much audience is out in the marketplace. That particular campaign, um, we decided that we wanted to do a hashtag with it because we wanted people to get involved with it on a social platform as well. So that, we encouraged people to, uh, we reached out to all of our clients, we reached out to friends, family members on our, on our own personal social media channels and said, hey, listen, if you would like to honor someone and, and share who you're staying home for, send a picture of them with the hashtag, we'll, we'll light up the city with these hashtag worth it CLT um, images of, of these loved ones. And then you can take it, we'll send you a picture of it back. It went back out through social media channel so that it was a it was a multi you know media multi-touch point campaign and um i i I love it i i was you know very personally involved in helping to to be a part of the um the creative process with that and it 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 was a lot of fun it was very meaningful right to see loved ones and and the stories that people would write about this is my grandmother or this is my baby or this is my you know uncle joe and this is the reason why i'm staying at home yeah, I mean, I think it was, you've seen so many examples during, since the pandemic kind of hit of people redefining their businesses to kind of keep up and make things work and stay relevant. And, you know, because we have all these beautiful assets that, you know, were a little underutilized because of, you know, people being, um, you know, 
shut down at home and maybe not being on the roads as much. You know, it, it was just a perfect example for us to continue to show off our medium, but in a way that didn't necessarily require, you know, heavy traffic volume to do it. We were able to utilize, you know, technology and the internet to kind of get our message to the masses like we normally do, but just through another different means. And it was uh, very well received. Do you guys going into 2021, uh, you guys are on the, 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 the top of, of, of the marketing channel when it comes to ideas, implementation, what are, and, and if you can't tell us, that's okay, but what are some cool campaigns that we can be looking forward to in 2021 and on a, on a more kind of not global standpoint, but a bigger standpoint, what are companies going to do? How are they going to market their brand as we try to push through this pandemic but ultimately into 2021, what are you guys seeing? Well, I mean, one thing that we've seen already, I mean, Gail mentioned digital, you know, one of the, one of the benefits of digital is, you know, it just makes you more nimble in your messaging, you know, because you don't have to print a vinyl and um, incur the cost that comes along with that and the time that it takes to produce it. You know, you can change up your messaging in a snap. I mean, it's, again, it's just a matter of, of, transfer of a digital file. Um, and, you know, because of the uncertainty that kind of still looms out there, people like that additional flexibility and the ability to redirect quickly. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a number, you know, during the last six, seven, eight months, we've had a lot of advertisers come on board that weren't maybe traditional advertisers or traditional users of out of home that, all of a sudden saw it as a way to communicate um, an ever-changing message that their biz- business or their organization needed to get out to the world. So I think it's created some new opportunities for us and some new partnerships that, you know, as we move from shutdown to wearing masks to get vaccinated as the vaccine starts to become readily available to the public, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to create new opportunities for us have been created. And again, I mean, we've seen, you know, changes in messaging from people that are not necessarily, you know, governmental or health organizations that you would think would be the usual kind of suspects in, you know, pandemic type messaging. Everybody's business has changed. I mean, you know, quick serve restaurants, you know, which is traditionally a big user of out of home, you know, they've, you know, drive-through traffic, uh, you know, their business has changed, but they still want to push people to the drive-through as much as ever. And we've been able to help kind of communicate that. But again, I mean, it has created some new opportunities as we go into 2021, which gives us hope as things start bouncing back because, you know, as the traditional advertisers or traditional partners coming back to come back into the mix, all of a sudden we have a whole new layer to add to the top of that. So it makes us excited at kind of the prospect of what returning to normalcy uh, uh, brings. So I'll talk a little bit about big picture on categories um, for 2021. I actually listened in on a, on a pod, on a, um, the New York um, Ad Club yesterday had a, 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 um, an event for the out-of-home industry and I listened in on that and there was some really telling things. So how people are messaging, Jason pointed that has, has changed, probably will, will um, it's very, very customer client audience centric. It's, it's concern for, you know, the well-being of people. 
Um, locally, I would say that I, I think our hospitals, especially Atrium, and has done a phenomenal job of, of encouraging people to do the right thing. You know, that everybody's got, some, they've got a beautiful mask up campaign going on right now. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, talking to different entities about communication of vaccine and how you educate the market on that. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in the QSR space. I mean, if you read the trades, I think it's gonna be a very active year for quick service restaurants with new product introduction. Um, and then the thing that we saw in 2020 and we're seeing in 2021 is, you know, the beverage business and especially the spirit beverage business continues to be, you know, something that, um, that our, our, our marketplace is very interested in as from a consumer standpoint. Um, Wonder so, why. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. A lot yeah. Of conversation about that right now. Yeah. yeah. Wait, people are drinking right now? That's <laughs> Shocking. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, with you guys having 10,000 billboards now jumping into to digital as well. You guys have an incredible reach. Uh, if business owners, if business leaders, uh, even even, you know, organizations from a nonprofit standpoint are interested in learning more about Adams Outdoor, but really learning about how they can get their, uh, their their message out there. What's the best way to get in touch with Adams Outdoor? What's the best way for them to reach you guys? Um, best, you know, call us, send us an email, gvonnell at adamsoutdoor.com, jbrannon at adamsoutdoor.com. You can just connect to our website, comes right to us. Um, by all means, I mean, we'd love to hear from people. We'd love to, we'd love to work with, you know, really any business, any size business. It's not too, not too big, not too small. Everybody is, you know, sort of just right. Um, hey, can I talk a little bit about um, Art Pop and what we do for the artist community? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Okay, it's one of the biggest nonprofits that we support. So um, we work with an organization called Art Pop. And every year, Adams Outdoor Advertising, for the last eight years, have, have been putting up um, 20 local artist billboards for 20 local artists. Okay, and it's a juried um, art event. And 20 artists are selected. And for a whole year, we give over a million dollars in um, in billboard space to promote so that they can promote their their um, their art, their uh, creative and their business. Um, and these are artists that, you know, are making art, creating art as their business. And it has been such a phenomenal program that we've been involved with. Um, as an adjunct to that, we support the Gold Key um scholastic winners in, in the um, Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools and the surrounding school systems. We put up um, 20 uh, billboards in the month of April-May timeframe for those student artists that win gold keys. So we do a lot in the art space. Uh, we feel like we are able to bring art to people that otherwise may never even have the opportunity of seeing artwork and seeing really great quality artwork. But what we do for those local artists has been great for their business. It's great for our, you know, our organization. And we love helping these artists promote their own, uh, their own art business. That is incredible. That is incredible. So um, I do, I want to bring this up just because I know you two aren't going to bring this up. So Gail, you've been in the industry for so long and we, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have an outside event with uh, Jen Snyder, the Hood Hogger Breakfast Club, which we're members of. And you ran up to this guy named Tommy and yeah. you said, Tommy, and you guys both connected. And little did you know that that man, Tommy is now Scott's father-in-law. 
And back in the day when you were first getting your start, you told Scott and and told us, you know, what a role that Tommy played uh, in your career and supporting you. And if that's not a small world, I don't know what is, but I would love for you to to tell that story or or tell us about, you know, uh, of how that connection happened and and how Tommy maybe maybe pushed you in the right direction or gave you some good advice that kept you going in this world. Charlotte, the smallest big city in America. That's right. No kidding, man. <laughs> Two degrees of separation That's at, right. at most. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so blessed when I talked about earlier how much I, I love this business and, and working for Adams Outdoor Advertising and being surrounded by a lot of really great people. And early in my career, you know, I, I always tell sort of jokingly I started when I was 10, but I, I really started when I was 24 years old. And you know, at the time, there were three other guys that worked for, for, for Adams, right? And they were like in their late 30s. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I work with a, a I told my husband, Rich, I said, you know, I, I work with these like older guys. <laughs> and they were like 37 or 38 <laughs> years old. But anyway, I, I was, I, I, I think by virtue of just sort of being here, they said, listen, we want you to work with this guy, Tom Hager. He owns a company called uh, Thomas Advertising. And I'm like, okay, great. And so I, you know, show up on Tom Hager's doorstep at Thomas Advertising. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm your new account executive. And, you know, Tom just had such a high standard for how he did business. And he very much was a mentor to me. Um, and I'm, I'm so blessed that that happened very early in my career because Tom helped me. He worked, he worked on the Spartan Food account. And at the time, Spartan Foods um, – was um, the the parent company for Hardee's, Quincy's, and um, Denny's. And so Tom bought billboards all throughout the United States for all of those brands. And But he happened to be here in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is really great because had he been in Nashville or he'd been in some other city and worked for, for um, Spartan Foods and, and represented them, I probably would have had not the same relationship that I had with him. So by virtue of being here, I was showing up on his doorstep, knocking on his door, going, hey, can I talk to you about billboards for, you know, for Hardee's or for Quincy's? And I learned so much about not just the outdoor business, but integrity in business and doing the right things for clients. And always what he would do is he put a lens on that if he was going to buy something for, you know, buy campaigns for his customers' business, he acted like it was his own money, right? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't cut corners, and he had expectations that listen. This is this is how I run my business, and if you're going to work with me, this is how your seed in my head that has never gone away. Which is whenever I interact with the client, I try. To, I, I I put on these. I put on this heart, right? That if if it were me, this is what I would do. If I were the client, this is what I would do. And it cuts out all the crap, you know? It's like, you don't have to worry about integrity of, are we doing the right thing for our customer business? And, you know, by being here for as long as I have and what Tom taught me very early in my career, I hope that I've had some impact on, you know, having, demonstrating that out through action with my colleagues here at Adams, younger people coming through the organization that always have your client's best interests at heart. Always be concerned with their ROI. I mean, I work for a guy, Kevin Gleason, and he always talks to us about ROI. Are you giving the client the ROI that, that they're looking for? Do you even know what ROI they're looking for? And, you know, that's in this day and time in media, not too many, you know, you know, advertising companies are sitting around going, are we delivering the ROI you're looking for? Do you understand the ROI you're looking for? And 
between, you know, Tom Hager teaching me, you know, integrity of business at a young age and Kevin Gleason, you know, really saying you need to be concerned with your customers' ROI. It's made a, it, it, it helps us run, I think, a very successful organization for our, for our clients um, in, in this market and the markets that we operate in. So that, that's, a, that's a little Tommy Hager story. And I, I am grateful for your father-in-law and what, he, what he's meant to, to me. And, and I said, you know, I've told people, I said, I don't even think he knew the impact he was having on me when, you know, we're out in the market looking at billboards and he goes, so, you know, like, would you buy that? You know, and, and, and just really, really set a high bar for me. I'm, I'm grateful for that. What a wonderful story. And he has done the exact same for me. Um, I love that man. Mentor of mine, for sure. And a lot of his principles that you just mentioned, we have certainly implemented here, too, and uh, we'll continue to do so. Thank you for sharing that. I started at Adams when she was 24, and I was just doing the math. I started when I was 39, and now I realize that I was an older man. (laughs) Well, and I was just thinking about that. I was like, dang, don't it. (laughs) I didn't realize it at the time. You know, at, at 24, 25 years old, I was, and it was at that time, okay, there were not a lot of, of men, or there were not a lot of uh, women in the business. But the thing that Tom did was he didn't complicate business, right? It was really just, um, he, it was a lot of common sense. And he's a very no-nonsense, common sense kind of guy. You know, with the restaurants that he owned, he would tell me once he got into the restaurant business, he's like, listen, people just want to sit down and have a nice meal, Okay. They want consistent food. They want good service. They want a cold beer. And it's like, you know, you think about running a business with those kind of sort of principled, no-nonsense, common-sense type of um, ideals, and, and it's, it, it helps life not be complicated when you go to business that way. 100%. Totally agree. Well, thank you, Gail, for telling us that story, and and uh, and thank you, Gail and Jason, for joining us. You know, on the Brand Builders podcast, um, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's an amazing, you know, company that we're proud to have in our back door, and uh, and and everything that you guys have been able to do for the community, and, and how you challenge each other. And it seems like Kevin, you know, being that leader, and 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 nailing down like what is the ROI but do you understand the ROI and do you understand what they want to achieve from the ROI and and it's almost like a reverse engineering type of a standpoint let's figure out what we want to achieve and then let's work together to create something that will achieve that and so I think that's that's awesome um and I know you know ever since I've met you I look at billboards a little bit different you know like I'm sitting there I'm kind of like like there's, it's almost like not just, oh, there's the billboard. It's like the science behind it, the marketing behind it, the ideas behind it, you know, everything that it takes to create it. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's a pretty fascinating business. So, you know, cheers to you guys for that. Um, if you're listening, please like, share, comment, go check them out. If you're an organization that wants to get your message out there, reach out to Gail and Jason. You can ask me and Scott, we'll get you in contact with them. It's an amazing opportunity with a company that's right in our backyard that clearly does amazing things for our, for our community and for the brands that, that call Charlotte home. So again, Gail and Jason, thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the brand builders podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.